Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! We are putting week one behind us, full speed ahead for this Jets team. Fresh start, all that stuff. Week two, the winless Jets against the undefeated 1-0 Cleveland Browns. We'll get you ready for it on the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Uh, Marissa will be leaving us midway through the show. She is abstaining from the Cleveland Browns <laughs> segments of this show, which is fair, but uh, but she'll be making her sit through the beginning and she'll be back for picks at the end. It's, it's um, because she doesn't want us to criticize Browning in front of her. That's why. <laughs> oh, she's staying for the Browning segment. That, that's for sure. We're getting that in early. Uh, we are going to talk about Browning. We're also going to talk about this game, obviously. Jets O versus Browns D, vice versa. Um Robert Sala this week going off the rails a little bit. We'll talk about that. And of course, our picks. Um, but some exciting stuff as we um, keep continuing to evolve in this podcast is we have had a personal, it's like personal meetup week on Can't Wait. Uh, Zach, obviously, you live in Jersey City. I'm in, in Manhattan, so we're close. But The Athletic had a, a happy hour for New York area employees last night, Thursday night. So me and Zach got to actually meet. We forgot to take a picture. Otherwise, yeah. if you're Our watching one on job. YouTube, we had one pretend, job. <laughs> pretend that you're seeing me and Zach uh, at a bar in New York, smiling. <laughs> pretend. And, and that's what it was like. Jeez. And uh, <laughs> Zach and Marissa going to get together this weekend in Cleveland. This is exciting. All in one week. When was the last yeah. time that happened for you guys when you all were all at a wedding together, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> Usually weddings wedding, are all yeah. meetups. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, are you getting married? <laughs> no, I'm not. no, I'm not. <laughs> well, you joined this podcast, so maybe coming. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, maybe that's maybe how it right, works. <laughs> maybe right around the corner. Who knows? <laughs> First, I need to meet somebody, and then that would be key, I would think. <laughs> we'll have um, this weekend. <laughs> What are, what are the big plans? I, I mean, there should be pressure on big Marissa plans. here, Zach. To like... I don't know. So I was telling Zach before the show. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. Um, I have some family coming in town. Um, and some of them actually are Jets fans. They listen to this <laughs> podcast. But they will be obviously rooting for the Browns because, you know, of Michael. So they're coming in for the game. And my cousin texted me and said, when are we meeting up with Zach? <laughs> <laughs> so he is very excited to meet Zach. And I'm sure pick his brain like uh, all Jets fans like to do when they yeah. run into Zach. Well, in the street. I, was, well, I, was telling, I was telling Tim this uh, last night because we, we were at this meetup. And there, there's a couple Jets fans that work at the Athletic. And like other a, couple, a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like, I felt it, like half the people. So I, yeah, I would keep like, even, oh, after, Zach, you're the new even after Tim player. left because he has like a family or whatever. Uh, even after he left. <laughs> Uh, someone will come out to you and they would start asking me all these questions about the Jets. It's just funny, like Jets fans corner you. If you if you bring up that you work something related to the Jets, are going to yeah. corner you. Zach's in well, the back of the bar, like hell. <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm supposed to wait. say his name, but one of our product guys, Ryan. I won't say his full name, but he's he's a Jets loyal listener. Yeah. Meet him, but you know he he lives in Philly. He came all the way up from Philly. Wow. To attend the event last night, but just what he didn't tell anyone was exactly <laughs> just to meet you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, all right. Uh, yes, they they certainly are, and they're passionate. And it was great. That was a good time last night. I'm sure you guys will have fun this weekend um, in Cleveland before this game. And the Browns kind of like stole the 
I don't want to say stole the the 24 hour news cycle because that's probably way strong. But like mm -hmm. this is a big deal in Cleveland and we should talk about it because I feel like around the rest of the country, it's just <laughs> kind of funny and being mocked. But Marissa is going to give us the from Cleveland take on oh Brownie, the mascot who is going to be at midfield at First Energy Stadium on Sunday. So ugly. <laughs> yes, making his well, I won't say making his debut, making his on field debut. Uh, he actually dates back to the 1940s when the Browns were first started in Cleveland, uh, but they're bringing him back. Uh, the little cute guy. I think it feels like. Oh, so you think he's, he's cute? He's like a he's like a angry Keebler elf who like <laughs> traded his cookie in for a football. I, he, I don't he's know cute. The... He's cute in the way that like, you know. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but when when you know you have a friend who's baby, you know maybe isn't. Wow, a, it's, it's okay. Connor has made that exact comment. <laughs> oh, I, I know podcast, Connor is. I so. Connor has made that comment to me. Before. And then he said, "But Tim, your baby's cute. It's okay." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, like okay. But no, seriously, in that last picture, Marissa, I don't know if you can go back to it. The the this, close up. Yeah. Um, he's at. You can actually see Brownie like up standing above where Brownie is on the field. Oh yeah. And. Brownie like the, the actual mascot, mascot that's going to be around the the stadium, I assume, and is going to probably be at all these different events supporting the team and all that stuff. Eh, I'm not a big fan. The actual like angry running back elf is pretty <laughs> cool. I will actually say that. Like the the on field image, I think is awesome. The so actual guy too. that's going to be roaming the stadium, eh, not a big fan. What? <laughs> tell us what you think of Brownie in the chat if you care at all. Yeah, we're, get, we're so, getting some good comments in here. Okay. Um, I think it's great. Obviously. Um, I also, you know, obviously went to University of Maryland and think their funky uniforms are great. So I'm all about the quirky, unique, different um things that come with the team. So I think this is cool. Obviously, I have a little bias. Not gonna lie, but I'm all pumped for Brownie. Um, everyone in Cleveland is super pumped for Brownie. So this was we were talking about earlier. This was a fan boat. Um. Uh, all summer long, they had uh, this and the helmet as potential options for the midfield logo and fans, players, whoever in Cleveland got to vote on it. And Brownie was the overwhelming favorite. So. I mean, you can either have a plain orange helmet with nothing on it. Right. Or you can have something unique. I mean, I feel like that's it's a it's kind of a no brainer. But I saw Dan Dan Botter pointed out that he's not holding the football very well. He would definitely fumble <laughs> in, a, in an NFL game. Uh, I wonder, no, I wonder what, wonder what a, what a, like a logo would be for Jets fans that would like get them hyped up, you know? Mm, good, good point. Why don't, yeah. why don't Jets fans leave comments in the chat? About yeah. That? Chris Trevler. <laughs> <laughs> holding the, uh, with the cigar in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. The, the photo. Yeah. That would cigar. be a logo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say that like, as a co-host of a podcast that is really hard to come up with like imagery for, right? Like we've, we've been trying to figure out what could a new can't wait podcast artwork look like because it's just kind of the quote right now. And it's hard because like, what is that? Right. Can't wait. There's no like image. There's no, this, there's no, that Bart Scott, I guess in theory would be the image, but like in a right. logo, that would look <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Probably yeah. some trademark, some trademark. Yeah. Uh, but then the Browns, it's similar. We're like, all right, the team is named after, well, it's named after the, you know, the former owner, but it's a color, it's a color, but then the color of the team that they focus on isn't even brown. It's the, the orange gets <laughs> more focused yeah, on brown. Point. So yeah. <laughs> what do you do to symbolize this team? And hey, they went with uh, an angry elf. With, uh, with an elf. You could have gone anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's where they yeah, went. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that quote from Elf, like, 
say say you're an elf one more time or what <laughs> call, me, call me call an me elf one call me an elf more one time. more time yeah. <laughs> you're an angry elf yeah you're an angry elf oh man i i'm so tempted very often when there's like a troll on twitter like bothering me I just, and you know and i say something back to them it gets them mad i, I always want to respond no you're an angry elf but yeah. i know that won't go over well so i don't do it yeah <laughs> well maybe if you need to tweet out some gifs during the game that would be <laughs> yeah exactly fun. by the way some suggestions on here they're saying uh, it's all about airplanes for the for the Jets logo that they're one. Well, plane. Yeah. JJ is JJ the jet plane a thing? Should I know that? <laughs> um, or is that honestly, just make that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, though, if if anybody wants to uh, create some art for us, like oh JJ the jet plane is like an animated thing. It's not jet related. <laughs> it's like a creepy looking dude with like a human face. It's very it's a weird. children's okay, TV show. Thanks yeah. to Taylor for okay. <laughs> Whew. all right we're going off the rails let's get back to football uh marissa i guess are, are you gonna depart okay enjoy i'll be back <laughs> later in the pod and we have a special guest joining us for some picks at the end of the pod yes. so our first yes. our first uh live fan appearance so if you want to give us picks right in the chat send me a message and maybe you will be picked later in the season yes. so yeah, yeah exactly all right take it away yeah uh, all right, let's focus on this week before we get to the specific matchup because it was, as always, an interesting <laughs> one uh, in, in Jets land. Let's start with Robert Sala. I mean, the taking receipts, um, he loves these one-liners. And there was, you know, all gas, no break. There's been different ones along the way. Uh, some of them hit, some of them miss. This one felt like things are starting to get to him. That was kind of how like, okay, he's now he's, you know, calling people out a little bit. I don't know. Like what's your take sitting in that room with him, Zach, that is Robert Sal at a point now where there's kind of frustration bubbling over as far as just like how this team is talked about in the area, in the city, in the league. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I wrote that story about Sala last week. Um, you know, about, you know, how he used to be very reserved and how his like college friends helped him get out of a shell. And he, and he told me the story about um, one day when he was on his way to his speech class, he had forgotten that he had to speak in front of the class that day. And so on the way to his, on his 30 minute walk to class, uh, he's making up the speech in his head along the way. He gets up, he aces it. And he decides from that point on, that's like, I mean, once he becomes a coach, like that's how he approaches it. He tells me he's like, he, he shoots from the hip. He doesn't like to do an opening statement because uh, he, he doesn't feel like it's as natural for him. So he he's a guy that like, you know, he's obviously getting prepped by the PR staff as he walks up to the podium, but he's an emotional guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's kind of like, has, that's been his signature since he's been his coach. You know, it's it's something, it's part of the reason that the Jets liked him. You know, he's passionate. You see him on the sideline. He's he, It's not the first time he's like said stuff like this, like you said in press conferences. So I, I just took it as, you know, he's he saw everybody calling this the same old Jets. I think that was the thing that bothered him more than anything. I think the same old Jets line is what got to him. Um, and I don't know if you want to react that way in week one. Uh, I, I think maybe it was received better in the locker room than it's been by the media, I would say. I I, I get the sense that I, maybe they're not like more fired up or less fired up or anything like that. But I, I think they saw it as a show of support for them. Like he believes in them. That's him saying, you know, this isn't the same old Jets. This is the new Jets. Um, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as it was made out to be, though as we've talked about, like the Jets do this to themselves. A lot of the times they make things a bigger deal than it needs to be in the way that they, their messaging comes out. Uh, you know, the, a couple of days later, that's pretty much, pretty much what he said was you caught me in a, an emotional moment. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I really believe this in the Samuel Jets, but I also acknowledge that we need to prove it. So I, I think that was maybe the party left out on Monday. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah. It was like, there's, there was definitely a different way to go with this. And that was, okay, you know what? You're right. Week one, we did look like the same old Jets, but that's not this. That's not who's in this locker room. That's not who we are. And we're going to yeah. prove it going forward. Maybe the better way to go. Instead, he goes with, with the receipts. Um, which you know it's, what it's, it's gonna be a line it, that sticks with them forever now yeah. like and i think he knows that at this point but um but it's you know, also a line goes. that if you turn if things around out, yeah. and and if it did strike the locker room in a different way and they saw this as support like i mean he's up there speaking yes <laughs> to give you zach and all the other writers information but he's also speaking to represent the team and if what he's saying is firing them up in some way so be it so i i think i mean we're gonna see where this team goes but yeah. it's definitely something that either way sticks with him but it could literally stick with him where like you uh most people probably saw i think it was the the post that had the the picture on the back page of him holding up all the receipts um yeah 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 there's been a lot of funny uh yeah, a lot of funny things. Have come and out. there's there's probably a world where if this team turns things around, like it could go both ways. Yeah, that's a fun image, not of that one specifically, but like here's Robert Sala. He took the receipts, and now this team turned things around. Yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. I I think of I, I think it's different than the Joe Judge situation, but Joe Judge said a lot of stuff in like his introductory press conference, like really like you know we're gonna fight for sixty minutes every week. You know we're this this and this and then you then you'd have games where they like clearly threw in the towel and or you know in the second season where they're you know kneeling the ball on third down uh in their own territory like stuff like that and so people were circling back to all the stuff he said before and you know they, they were scared of going he said we'll never be afraid to do anything and they would never go for it on fourth down so it's like like when you have like a very like unique quote it sticks with you good or bad you know the receipts thing i think of not like i'm saying the jets are gonna get here but the, when the eagles won the super bowl uh, Jason Kelsey had his this like famous speech at the parade where I mean he's wearing this crazy outfit which added to it and he just started you know shouting about everything everybody said about like each of the main guys that helped them win he's like they doubted this guy and they said Nick Foles was done and they said this this and this and this is this Doug Peterson worst coach in the league like everybody's taking receipts in reality but it's just the ones that right. get to actually like go, come around and like say hey I have this receipt <laughs> so, um, and the Jets hope they get there to where um, we're talking about this quote. We're laughing about it at the end of the year when they've won more games than anybody thinks they're going to at this very moment. You're right. Everyone takes receipts, right? Not just for, yeah. like everyone, like you, me, you know, people slight you along the way. You remember it and, you know, it, it motivates you. I, I think 90% of the world has that in them. Yeah. Where like, you know what? I'm going to prove that guy wrong. So um, we'll see where it goes. All right. From there, we went to Joe Sala. Robert Sala um, <laughs> defending Joe Flacco. I compared, mm. uh, combined my two names there. Uh, saying basically, you know, Flacco wasn't as bad as people are saying. Um, I mean, you can watch the tape, and I'm sure you watch the tape again, Zach. He's got to defend his quarterback, but against that team and that pass rush in that game, I mean, Joe wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you know, like there, there's, there's some merit to what, like part of his point and part of what, uh, Michael, Michael Four said a couple days later that, you know, again, this is kind of the stuff we talked about earlier in the week, but, you know, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of drops. There was a lot of fumbles. There was a lot of mistakes. But you have to wonder how much that was Flacco's fault. He's slow, not getting the ball out fast enough. 
Um, you know, they threw the ball 59 times, which they just can't do. Like, you, you can't throw the ball 59 times. Uh, I mean, I, I get why they did. They were down. They fell way behind in the third quarter, uh, and they pretty much had no choice. But as Connor McGovern uh, said this week, he's like, but when, when the other team knows when you drop back what's going to happen, like, it's hard for us to, like, accomplish anything, either as an offensive line or as an offense. Um, and they, out of those 59 passes, they threw the ball downfield once. One out of 59 passes were traveled over 20 yards in the air like that that you're not going to beat teams like that and i i know a lot of it has to do with the pressure and the offensive line struggling and all that stuff but um joe flacco needs to take shots down the field he needs to be quicker with his decisions um and you know the the reality is they're kind of stuck with him like i know everybody's gonna pull for mike white i'm not sure mike white would do much better against the browns this week like you know miles garrett's still going to be going against max mitchell whether it's mike white or joe flacco and so you hope that the Jets, you know, can can kill the clock. They can do a lot of quick passes. They can, you know, hand the ball off a lot and, you know, avoid putting Joe Flacco in a position where he has you realize that he's a 37 year old Joe Flacco that can't move anymore. So he uh, he clearly is limited as a passer, as a in his mobility and all that stuff, which limits the offense. And, you know, you, the only hope is that the defense holds up the way it has and that Joe Flacco doesn't make mistakes because um, they got his ceiling is not very high. You just hope that. He can just run the offense. He needs to realize that he's 37 years old and got to get the ball out. The internal clock has to be a little bit quicker, especially when, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but especially when facing this Browns defensive front. Um, All right. One more thing before we take a break. And that is Garrett Wilson, who flashed on Sunday, but clearly when you look at the numbers, didn't play enough. Um, And that was asked this week of the floor. He said, you know, we were just focused early in the game on having more tight end sets and the ro- because we didn't move the ball as much as we would have liked. We didn't get the rotations as much as we would have wanted to. Um, he also said, you know, you're never sure how a receiver is going to react to game one. So I'm assuming when you take all those things into account, this team looked back at the tape and looked at the plays and has to be saying to themselves, OK, we we got to get this guy involved because he clearly was not bothered by the bright lights of his first NFL game. He he really showed some stuff in his in the amount of time he was in there and it needs to be more plays. Yeah, I it's pretty clear to me that he's the most dynamic receiver they have, especially if they're not going to be able to take those shots down the field like, you know, maybe they're they're still not going to take that many in reality cuz they're going to be getting pressured a lot. But you hope they throw more than one. Anyway, if they're not going to do that, you need to get the ball to players who can make plays after the catch and he's number 1 on that list to me in my mind. I, they're going to throw it a lot to him. They're going to throw it to Michael Carter. But, you know, and one of the things that LaFleur said that uh, fans like got latched onto and were getting upset about is that, you know, he, he was saying stuff about how he needs to learn every receiver position and he needs to be, right. you know, 100% on the non-passing plays. And re- like, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, like that can't be a reason why you keep him off the field. Like you need to have, this is not a team that can afford to be choosy. Like I know they have, they like their talent at receiver, but you need to have your most dynamic playmakers on the field at all times. And, he is that guy. The fact they only played 50% of the snaps, it's just not enough. Um, I imagine they're going to come out and play 12 personnel in the beginning again just because they, they need an extra blocker out there. Um, and that that's two two tight ends, one running back. Um, so you you might see something similar, but you know, you you just maybe need to work in Garrett Wilson as one of those two wide receivers as opposed to like he's the third guy and you bring him in when you don't have two tight ends out there. I don't they, they need to figure out find a way to get him on the field. That's just the reality. And um, if they're gonna score points on the Browns. He's going to be a part of it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back more on the Browns uh, and more on DJ Reed. Great story written by Zach. I want to get into that a little bit too. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's continue on here on the Can't Wait podcast. Um, I want to talk about DJ Reed. It was a situation during the game that I, nobody understood until after the game. And obviously, DJ Reed with the, the interception, he goes to midfield, he he points to the sky. Uh, and then it comes out later that, that his father had passed away early that morning. Um, and you have a fantastic story that everybody should check out. On the athletic, um, if you need the subscription, a dollar a month for six months, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. But a really good story in which you got a chance to talk to uh, Reed's mom, um, divorced wife of his dad. Um, but it goes way deeper than that because yeah. of everything this family went through. Um, just a little bit. His dad had MS. Um, that's what he eventually died from. His mom battled heart problems and breast cancer. The reason they ended up separating was because the MS kind of became too much. He went back to live with family, but they continued to be big parts of each other's lives yeah. and of uh, DJ's life. And then everything he went through too was the other layer of this story. There's a guy who couldn't get a scholarship to a big time program, didn't quit, went to community college and ended up working his way up. It's a, it's a great story. And it put that one moment on Sunday, Zach, into just it made it all make sense so i guess congratulations on another great story because oh, thank um, you. I, I was joking with somebody last night at, at the mixer that um you've been prolific early on here <laughs> at, at uh the athletic with the number of stories you put out but that one was great uh thank you um yeah you know just to, like peel back the curtain a little bit like so on, on sunday like you said like nobody knew uh so he had he he gets the interception and he had a great game by the way, which like should be mentioned. Like he was absolutely amazing. And number one his, cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, according to Pro Football right? Focus. Yeah. Um, and so he goes out. He has that interception late in the game. They're down twenty-one points already. I don't see him do the celebration in the moment, but I see like screenshots of him just like you know throwing his arms up, looking at the sky from midfield. And so you know I I reacted too quickly. I tweeted something about it, like saying like, I'm not really sure why why I forget what the exact tweet was, but I, I don't really know know why. He's celebrating when they're down 21 points. And um, when it came out, what happened, I took the tweet down and then I, you know, I tried as, as somebody told me he does, I tried turning a negative into positive. I decided I was going to write a story about him. Um, I, I mean, I would anyway, cause it's such an interesting thing that happened and very unique. And, um, and so I started reaching out to people. I found his, I tracked down his mentor. I uh, talked to his high school coach. I talked to one of his college coaches and they, they were able to connect me with his mom who was more than willing to talk to me. And we talked for, like 30 minutes. Um, she's an amazing woman. Uh, and yeah, so I, I'd had this amazing conversation with her and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy it worked out the way it did. And, you know, DJ is very headstrong person. I, I think what he did resonated in that entire locker room, uh, for sure. You know, I talked to like Sheldon Rankins, Sheldon Rankins is like, I lost my grandmother a couple of years ago and it broke me. Like I couldn't even, like, I couldn't have been around anybody, let alone, you know, done my assignments, played, played like he did. You know, Justin Hardy was like one of the only two people he told and 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 Justin Hardy, even like as he's telling me this, Justin Hardy to like take a breath because 
it was like making him emotional, like thinking about like what he had just went through. Like, I, I mean, I, even on a personal level, like this was a personal story for me because I, I lost somebody close to me pretty recently, like a couple months ago. Um, and just like, I don't know, just, just on Monday, DJ Reed talked to us and he was just so for 10 minutes, like he talked to the media the day after his dad died and he's answering every question he's being, he's very composed. He's mature. He's explaining everything that happened, like the timeline of, you know, all the stuff and, you know, how he's not going to go to the funeral because he's already, he already grieved his dad. He said his goodbyes and all that stuff. Like he, he's just talking about this. He's a 25 year old, uh, you know, kid. I mean, I, I, I'm only, I'm only 31, but I mean, he's six years younger than me. Um, and so I, it just like blew my mind, like his level of maturity and how he's handling it, like in this face of adversity. Now, when you know his whole story, you see why he's able to do it. But I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a story worth telling. And, um, you know, I, I've gotten a good response to that story, which I'm happy about because I, I worked really hard on it. Uh, and yeah, so I hope everybody will check it out. But yeah, DJ Reed, I, I, I think he won a lot of fans, both in that locker room and in this fan base, both because he's a good player and because like he clearly just like nothing is going to phase this guy. Yeah, I mean, if you get frustrated watching this Jets team this year, which even if they have a good year, sometimes <laughs> if you, you get, get frustrated, frustrated there's, there's no doubt. But honestly, if you need that reason to turn on the TV on Sunday, if they're struggling, they root for DJ Reed because uh, just very cool story and uh, good for him and great story by you, Zach. Um, all right, let's move on to this game um, a little bit. And I know we we try not to dive too much into the X's and O's of these games, previewing them. Um, but when you look at Browns Jets, I think this is. I'm trying to think back. Did we have the Jets winning this game? I feel like we both had the Jets winning this. We game did. Yeah, we both picks. did. <laughs> Last week made it a little trickier, but that said, it's still. If this Jets team plays up to the level that we thought they would, right? This is a winnable game, but there are definitely some things that are trouble. Uh, so let's start there. Browns pass rush, Miles yeah. Garrett to Davian Clowney. Versus the Jets offensive tackles, which are obviously not what they expected to have going into the season. Um, how do they deal? How do they deal with those guys? How do they keep Joe Flacco upright for most of this game? Uh, pray, I guess. A lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Like I, in my head, I was ready to this week. I was ready to come on the pod. Like as the week progressed, I was ready to come on and like predict they were going to win. And then I went on our Browns podcast yesterday blanking on the name uh, marissa can remind us um, civilized barking civilized barking yes uh and as i'm talking i'm like they they big reason why their offense was struggling so much was because the offensive line was not able to you know hold up against the ravens pass rush which is not as good as the, the browns and so the only way that the, the jets offense has a chance of producing anything is if they can block and good offensive lines can't block miles garrett good offensive lines can't block Jadavian Clowney. So um that's the like that's like the number one concern i have because i do think they match up with them pretty well <laughs> best way to keep black up right as a start shuffler good comment from uh, from john <laughs> we appreciate that john uh so like I, I i think the the jets defense can definitely stop the browns offense uh you know, I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's scaring anybody just like joe flacco's not scaring you but maybe Brissett maybe a little more than flacco but I, I think the Jets are confident that they can stop the Browns offense, even their rushing offense. We can get into that as we like dive like a little deeper on matchups and stuff. Uh, it, it's the other side. It's, you know, the, the, can the Jets hold up their end of the bargain? And I'm not entirely confident they can do it against this Browns defense. And that, you know, crazier things have happened. The NFL has had some weird, weird stuff happening already, as it always does in the end of the year. The Browns could have a bad day, certainly. Um, 
but I'm not optimistic that Max Mitchell is going to hold up against Miles Garrett, unfortunately. Even even though Max Mitchell, I think, maybe played a little better than I would have expected. Not like he was great or anything. He played better than I would have expected, but he was not good against arguably the best defensive player in the league, let alone defensive end. So he's going to uh he's gonna learn a lot, Max Mitchell, that's for sure. Lots of yeah. lessons to be learned on Sunday. Uh, you mentioned the other side of the ball. Uh, last week. Bryce Huff didn't play, mm. uh, was inactive because the Jets said they wanted to um, be, you know, bigger up front to stop the run. So now they're going up against a team who you mentioned the quarterback is not intimidating in Jacoby Brissett, yeah. but it's this team that has this great running game. This is a running game that the last few years has been dominant in the NFL, even when teams know that they're going to run. Um, We've talked about Baker Mayfield plenty on this podcast. We won't get into that. But there was there was always a thought process that they know you're going to run because Baker's not going to beat you. And team, they were still able to do it. So when the Jets line up against this team, do you see a similar, I guess, personnel as we saw last week? Is, is Bryce Huff on the outside looking in again? Yeah, based on their reasoning for not using him, I, I don't see a, a reason why they would have him active on Sunday. It just that if run stopping is a priority, like the, the Browns are going to run it even more than the Ravens, because the Ravens wound up passing a little more because the, the jets were stopping the run. So well, I think I saw a stat that they held the Ravens to their fewest rushing yards of the Lamar Jackson era. Um, and I know they didn't have JK Dobbins and all that stuff, but that that's impressive. Like that, that Ravens rushing offense usually does well, even when you know they're going to run it too, because you have a quarterback who can move like Lamar does. This is a little different because you don't have the quarterback that you have to worry about as much anymore. You have a running back in Nick Chubb who like pound for pound is maybe the most talented running back in the league. If not, if not, he's like one of the top two or three, I think. Um, he's not like a pass catcher or anything, but he's just a bruising dude. So they need to be on their assignments. They need to, you know, get through blocks and their linebackers need to bring guys down because he, he will beat them. And you have Kareem Hunt who brings another dimension to the offense. So um, I think the Jets run defense, I think, showed it's way better than it was last year. And it's capable of containing them to a degree, at least. And you hope that you just, you know, you hope you can keep them from getting those big chunk plays, and that's kind of going to be their goal. Um, they gave up some chunk plays in the passing game against the Ravens. They can't do that again. They can't make the same mistakes they did. Uh, a, lot, a lot more of this game, I think, is going to be on the offense. But, yeah, I, I think they can stop Nick Chubb. Uh, he's going to be a bigger challenge than what they faced last week in terms of the running backs. Uh, but I was I was very encouraged by their run defense last week. Yeah, it's, it's a situation where it's kind of strength on strength, which – you didn't always get to say that about the Jets, that there was a, yeah. a little bit of legitimate strength. But like with this defensive front uh, and the way they stacked up a week ago and you see the guys that are in there rotating in and out. Yeah, you, you have to say they have a chance. So like you said, it, it falls on the offense. One number um, that, you know, this podcast, we talk a lot because the fans are have suffered plenty with the Jets and we talk about that. But the Browns haven't started a season two and oh. Since 1993, Bill Belichick was the head coach. I think it was his first year there. They moved after the 95 season. So 93, they started 2-0, ended up not making the playoffs, ended up with a losing record. 94, they actually went to the playoffs, won a playoff game. And then 95, famously, midseason, they announced they were moving and the rails, they went off the rails. But <laughs> 93, the previous that's version crazy. of the Cleveland Browns was the last time they were 2-0. and So that's yeah. what they are going for. That's I was, what that, I was three years that old that year. Was. Yeah, and Marissa joked that she, was, I know uh, she. she wasn't here yet. <laughs> uh, and speaking of that, let's bring Marissa back because we're done talking about the Browns, Marissa. Did good. How'd we do? You, you did muted. great. You did great. Okay. I'm ready to be back. 
I miss she, you guys. She, she was firing off her takes, but on a, on a silent mic. That's what yeah, I muted. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Time for picks. And um, as always, our pick segment presented by BetMGM. Um, Connor Hughes was kind enough to step in last week, represent the listeners as we get this whole thing started, where you're going to be part of this each week. We're going to pick a different listener to make their three picks. We're going to keep a running total of our picks. How, and how, did, how did Connor do, by the way? Yeah, so Connor <laughs> has put the listeners in a hole. Oh, and three, uh, kind of embarrassing. Not gonna yeah. lie. Well, I was zero and uh, three too, so yeah, we don't have to talk. But we're about focusing that. on the yeah, other. yeah. Um, but Connor, was, yeah, it was a rough go. Uh, he, you know, Sunday was bad. Did he pick the Thursday night game wrong? No, no, I don't think no. he did. But he had the Monday night game wrong. Uh, it I mean, was, it was a, wild a wild week. Yeah, wild it week. So. It was a wild week. Uh, so Connor zero and three. Marissa also zero and three. Uh, Zach one and two. I was two and one. So big, big lead, big one game in the lead. Start things off. All right. So this week we are excited to be joined by Dan Botter, who has been listening to this show for a long time. He's active in the chat on the YouTube stream. Uh, So excited for him to be our first listener pick maker. Dan, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. What's up, Dan? No problem at all. And I guess, Dan, first of all, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously a Jets fan, but where does how far back does that go how did you become a jets fan just kind of the the background a little bit uh well um briefly my whole family is uh giants fans Ooh. Oh. um i had one uncle growing up who was my favorite uncle who was the only jets fan because he was a fan of joe namath and turns out that um, not i wasn't alive back then but the the year the jets won the super bowl it was on my birthday so there was kind of Connection. So I said, okay, I guess I'm going to be a Jets fan. So from there, um, sadly, my earliest memory was the AFC Championship game, the Mud Bowl. So um, there has been suffering for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> but there you were literally, I'm from hearing that story, you've literally been a Jets fan since birth because you were <laughs> born on the day the Jets won the Super Bowl. That's amazing. Years later, but it was the same day. So I said, yeah. I guess I'm going to be a Jets fan because uh, I have a connection somehow. But uh, yeah, very, very long suffering fan. <laughs> do you, well, do you, go to, do you have season tickets you... or do you go to every oh, game okay. or anything like that? Uh, I had season tickets back in the 90s, um, but I have not renewed uh, since then. But still go to book a couple games a year. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, and this will not um, do well for the theory of having picking the guests that show up because i am a maryland grad as well so oh wow yes. wow of course i Marissa. love it we, Dan. We, we did <laughs> we not know that do i don't think we knew that so Unless i've Marissa, seen dan comment the maryland that. stuff in the chat but i did not i just thought maybe you were a fan so even, even without trying you picked a maryland fan wow this is amazing yep so i i definitely graduated from maryland and i'm a huge fan awesome turtle power <laughs> go terps Go Terps. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's move on to the picks. Dan, I'll let you go last. So we'll get through ours and then and then we'll let you uh, go at the end. Um, I will start. I guess we'll do it this way this year. Whoever's in the lead goes first. I'm a oh, So I'll start. That's you. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't cool. feel good about any of these picks this week. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did this quickly um, last night. I'm going to take Steelers plus two versus the Patriots. Uh, I think we learned a lot about the Patriots last week. And what we learned is this is not the Patriots we're used to. This mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good football team. Mac Jones got hurt, hurt his back. He's going to play, but 
already banged up early on. Uh, I don't feel good about that Patriots team at all. So Steelers plus two. Um, surprised that they're even underdogs in that one. Uh, then I have Bengals minus seven and a half at Dallas. I think the Bengals were so bad last week against Pittsburgh. Just all the mistakes, the interceptions by Burrow. They're going to clean all that up. And obviously the Dallas without without Dak is is different. So on the road, seven and a half is a big number, but I'll take the Bengals. Uh, and then another big number, but a similar situation. I'm going to take the Packers minus 10 versus the Bears. Uh, that's the Sunday night game, I think. Uh, Packers also bad in week one, but I think they're a better team than that. The Bears looked better than we thought, but I don't think they're a good team. So I think both these teams go back to what we kind of thought they were and the Packers roll over the Bears in the rivalry game. Uh, all right, Zach, you're up. All right. I went all uh, underdogs this week. I'm not sure if my lines are completely updated, so you can fix it when you put it in the picks thing, but I'll keep it regardless. But uh, I have <clears throat> Jets plus six and a half. Going with um, the Jets. Yeah, I I, I think my, my final score prediction was Brown 17, Jets 13. So I, I don't think the Jets necessarily are going to win, but um, I think it's going to be competitive uh, is what I'll say. Uh, I have the Panthers plus one and a half against the Giants. Uh, can't believe that the Giants are favored against. I know they won in week one, but I still can't believe they're favored, honestly. I thought about um, that one, too. Uh, and then my other one was the Dolphins plus three and a half against the Ravens. Uh I, I wasn't that impressed with the Ravens in week one, honestly. I know they wound up killing the Jets, and it was wound up being a little lopsided, but I think that was more because, not to be Robert Sala here, but I I thought it was more because of the Jets and the Ravens that they won. And I think the Dolphins looked really good. I'm hiring their coach. Um, and so yeah, I went cool. I went Dolphins. Yeah, he would, he would, yeah, he's a character, that guy. So that's yeah. where I'm going. All right, Marissa. All right, so um, I got a little mix. I got some underdogs. I got uh, Bengals also minus seven and a half versus the Cowboys um, without Dak. I think the Bengals got to come out and look pretty strong, even though that one's in Dallas. But um, also going to go Commanders plus one and a half versus the mm. Lions. Sorry about that one. Um, I know the Lions look good versus the Eagles. Um, they're missing, I think, a lot of guys in their offensive line. So I think I'm going to ride the Commanders defense on there. Not saying I fully believe in Carson Wentz, but... <laughs> Um, I'm going to go commanders plus one and a half. And then I was really struggling to find a third pick. Like nothing was really like standing out to me. So I'm going to endear my, uh, birds of friends fans and go <laughs> Eagles minus two versus the Vikings. Wow. That one. I like, I'm not totally confident in, but it's Eagles home opener. It's Monday night football. I think the link's going to be rocking. So yeah. Eagles fans um, hate the Vikings too. So yeah. exactly. So yeah. I think, um, uh, right in the Jalen Hurts train there. So right. Eagles minus two. All right, Dan, you are up to pick and then just give us a quick thought on each each of the games, why you think they're going that way. I've got some overlap from you guys. So I yeah. got Steelers over the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I think the Pittsburgh defense will be the difference, even without TJ Watt. Um, Patriots offense is a trouble. And also don't really put it together till October anyway. September for them was always, you know, preseason. So this is a good chance to pick Pittsburgh over them. Um, I also, it's a tasty line because the Bengals over the Cowboys, um, this could implode on the Cowboys very quickly. Um, McCarthy doesn't make it through the season and um, Joe Burrow will definitely rebound. So um, that was an uncharacteristic game for him last week. So Bengals over the Cowboys. And then uh, I actually have the Lions over the Commanders. Mm. So got a difference um, I think there. They've got a good attitude. And I think that we're going to see um, the other version of Carson Wentz this week. The <laughs> not 
<laughs> the normal good, one, right? <laughs> the good way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> All right, outstanding. Dan, Dan, thanks so much for taking some time out of your morning and hopping on with us. And uh, hopefully you can bring the listeners back after Connor's poor performance. Week. Well, Connor's far very low, so I appreciate that from him. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he was going for. He was like, you know what? If I go 0-3, like, nobody's going to complain about any of the other listener picks. Yeah, we always knew to fade Connor's picks regardless. So, <laughs> right. Yep. Dan, Dan is like a co-host. He knows exactly what oh, to yeah. do. You know? He knows how to appeal to the masses, yeah. Exactly, yes. yes. All right, good stuff. Thank you so much, Thanks, Dan. Dan. Awesome, Dan. Go Terps. All right, that's uh, that's gonna do. We miss anything, Marissa? Anything else we need to cover? I I, no, I need I need to say something about Chris Strebler since we haven't really talked. I, well, about we him did yet. say his name multiple times, but yeah, sure, yeah. Just an yeah. observation I had. It's not really that that big, but I was, I noticed it. I've noticed in practice that um, he's just like the the high energy you see when he's playing. Like he's like that every day in practice. Like they're doing the they're doing the warm ups, and he's just like running far in front of everybody, <laughs> and he's like he's like jumping around. He's like you know shouting to everybody. So let everybody would. Like a little light day in the life of Chris Strebler there. <laughs> oh, makes me want to watch practice. <laughs> anyway. The, the warm-ups are exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy the uh enjoy the game on Sunday. Hopefully, uh Marissa, enjoy the game, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't even know. I'll see you, I'll, I'll, like, I'll I'll see you tomorrow too. Because like yeah, I root for Michael every week too. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just hope it's a good game. Oh, yeah, we hope both game. teams have fun, right? Yeah, everybody everybody <laughs> wins at the end of the day. Participation you know? trophies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we will be back next week with a full recap. Um, I'm not sure if Marissa is going to allow herself to talk on that one or not either, but yeah. we'll check in on that. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but you can join The Athletic for a dollar a month or six months, theathletic.com slash can't wait. And we will uh, we'll have the recap of those picks and the game coming up early next week. We'll talk to everybody then. 